Hello to my ladies, my gays, my theys, and the men who get it. You'll have to excuse me. I am a little congested. (laughs) If you can hear it, I apologize. But you know what? Tis the season. (laughs) Back to business. I'm your host, Reagan, and I cannot even tell you how excited I am because today is the first of many listener-submitted episodes. That is right. All of these stories were submitted to me by either listeners of the podcast or maybe they saw my TikTok. I don't know. But I got the email at the fthenicegypodcast at gmail.com and I will be sharing their stories. So let's get right to it. This is the F the Nice Guy podcast listener-submitted episode. So this story feels rather typical with these nice guys, and I'm more than certain that there will be submissions of something similar, if not almost completely word for word. But here's a rather fresh incident that happened recently. I've started talking to this guy in a casual setting, so casual that he's seeing other girls and I've also not deactivated my dating app and still talk to other men. So no exclusivity, no expectations, basically dating in 2022. For a while, this guy was kind of a unicorn. I almost couldn't believe he was single and wondered when the other shoe was going to drop. I mean, he was kind, considerate, he texted every morning, actually held real conversations, and texted goodnight. The guy even enjoyed phone calls when I was cooking dinner. Seriously, this guy was so amazing, I almost considered asking to take things exclusively. I'd gotten sick and missed a few days of work and my paycheck was measly, but I managed. My bills were paid and I wasn't asking for help, just venting to him when he offered to bring me dinner. Now, I'm a prideful person, so I declined the offer. I thanked him, told him he was so sweet to offer, but I would save that favor for another time. He kept pressuring me to just accept the help, and honestly, if we hit the one-month mark, maybe I would have. I would have almost felt like I owed it to him to just take his kindness, but again... He was nice, the offer was kind, and truthfully, aside from my pride, I didn't want to be someone who needed something. I hate when men throw it back in my face. Let's just call it PTSD from past relationships. Instead of accepting my no, he blew up my phone. He told me that he would like it if I accepted this small token. Again, I told him I was good. I had soup to make. I truly didn't need anything. Again with the insisting, he told me he would feel better knowing that I ate something he bought. I thanked him profusely and I thought this was the end of it. He then started to call me and I was cooking so I took the call like I usually do and it turned out he was ordering me food and got really mad to hear that I was making myself some soup. He demanded I stop what I was doing and just let him buy me dinner to which I told him no, I already had some veggies boiling. This otherwise persistent and nice guy was seriously raising some red flags. He started cussing me out over the phone, telling me that it was women like me who took advantage of the nice guy, saying that I'm emasculating him by rejecting him. At this point, I had to stop him from taking it any further. I told him, actually, if you read my text, I had said thank you, no thank you, almost three times, and at no point did I give any indication that I would even accept soup. He ended up eventually calming down and told me over the phone that he wanted to come over and apologize. Just hold me and see me to know I was okay. At that point, the red flags just flashed and I told him I appreciated it, but again, I'm sick. 
He had children and I would have hated to be the reason they got sick. He started accusing me of taking advantage of him and he kept yelling and telling me I was just trying to be nice and you're making me out to be the asshole. At which point I thanked him for thinking of me and that this time I needed to rest. I told him how he made me uncomfortable and I would not be texting for the rest of the night and promptly hung up once I knew he had heard me. The texts that night ranged from sorry, sorry things got uncomfortable, sorry for feeling a certain way, sorry for pressuring you, sorry that we were just on two different emotional levels. We still talk, we're just friends at this point, but he occasionally jokes about how he's a nice guy and I'm missing out. As if he's not one of the most sneakiest red flags that I've ever met, I still refuse to accept any gifts from him. F your need to save me, F your inability to read no, and F the nice guy. Now, if you're like me reading that story, you may be like, oh my God, please don't be friends with this guy. It's not going to end well. I am happy to say that I got an update after receiving my first email from her saying, small update, no longer trying to remain friends with him and happily so for the better. We'd love to hear it. Moving on to our next story. A few years ago, I, you know, 23 or 24 at the time, had been exploring and sowing my oats, as some of the men would say, since I had gotten out of a pretty toxic relationship of six years. I'm slightly embarrassed to admit, but extremely proud of how far I came, finding who I was as a person and valuing what I brought to the table. I had a six to seven month period of time where I had two to three dates a day. I went a whole month without paying for my own food. I swear I always offered and attempted to pay. Anyway, I thought I was being safe about it. I didn't give out my phone number, I didn't disclose my last name, and I never met anyone in my hometown. This guy was already giving me a bit of red flags, but they were mixed. We swiped on Tinder, spoke and exchanged photos on Snapchat for roughly a week, and then I agreed to meet him for a date. Immediately, this guy just seemed off. We were walking around the mall before dinner and he started bragging about harassing girls who had quote-unquote lied to him. He told me how he had a date lined up with a girl who was stupid enough to give him her address and then ditched him last minute, so he showed up at her house and confronted her. They had never met before and this would have been their first date. That absolutely terrified me. I knew right then and there I needed to get the f*** out. I was trying to be nice about it, but he wouldn't take the hint. We drive to dinner where I intentionally made sure he couldn't see my car and I parked at a store next to the restaurant. We had an okay time, but it was extremely uncomfortable. Finally, a few hours into this date from hell, I told him I was tired and wanted to go home. We say bye and leave out different doors. Thank God he parked in the back and I parked in the front. To ensure he wouldn't see me, I hid in the store I was parked at. I made friends with these older women who were happy to hide me and told me to go to bars where doctors went so I'd be taken care of. I immediately blocked him from Snapchat and Tinder. Later that night, my friend needed me for whatever reason, so I went to see her. I started getting these weird random snap messages and texts from several different numbers. I knew it was this creep and his friends. They started harassing me and sending me personal information like, Hey, isn't this your address? Hey, isn't this your full middle and last name? I lived alone at the time and my friends insisted I stay there for my safety. I had to come home to take care of my dog. I ended up staying up all night gripping a hammer. The next morning, I started getting random messages about selling my phone. Come to find out, this crazy piece of put my phone number on Craigslist. I unblocked him and told him he was a psycho. He called me a lying and said I broke his heart. He really felt a connection and can't believe I was so cruel to lie to him that I was tired and wanted to go home when I really went out with friends. 
I blocked him again and then went to the police. The woman I spoke to agreed that it was the right thing to do, but of course, once I spoke to a male police officer, he scoffed at me and said, what do you want me to do? Buy a gun. Like the fuck. Thankfully, nothing happened from there. Fast forward to now 2022, he randomly tried adding me again and I don't know why I played stupid and pretended like I didn't know who he was and agreed to being friends. I guess I just wanted to wait for the moment to get revenge on him for making me so afraid. After a little while, he opened the door to bring up our past history. He still hasn't changed and called me a child for not moving on and not letting go. Here are the messages. Him. I have trust issues because people lie to me so much, then act like a victim when if they had just been honest and communicated, nothing would ever happen. Too bad you obviously can't put the past behind you. I forgave you for how shitty you were to me. Her. Well, funny. I don't see how I did anything wrong. I tried being nice about it. You went pretty far. Him. You literally lied to me. I'm not trying to rehash the past, but you contributed to negative mental health issues in my life. Her. I owed you nothing. I showed up when I said I would. You expecting and borderline demanding my time was f I don't get why you can't just let the past be the past. I moved past it and forgave you. Maybe you should do the same. Not at all. All I expected was honest communication. You clearly couldn't do that either. I'm not sure why you're picking now to pick an argument. Obviously, you still haven't grown up. Obviously, you never will. I have. That's why I forgave you. What are the screenshots for? Why is it so hard for you to forgive? Because you never apologize. No serious sense of remorse, but that's where it's probably going to end. Since you expect the same sincere apology from me, and I know I don't owe you one. It's safe to say he's blocked and will never be unblocked again. That's what I love to hear with a nice guy story. All right, let's go to the next one. Now, this next story I received right after I had posted the episode about working for the nice guy, so I hope you enjoy. So back in 2021, I quit nursing and got a job as an account manager for a baseball team. When I went in for the interview, he was promising high pay, sales goals, and everything you would want in the position. Red flag number one, paperwork came out and my base pay was $18,000, but he promised me commission on a regular basis, so I let it go. He made me bring my own office supplies and my own computer, with no offer of providing his only employee reimbursement. Red flag number two, he was so nice though, so I figured he would keep his promises. I'm doing all this work with meetings, gathering sponsors, coming up with a reading program, etc., First paycheck comes around, and I'm only paid my base pay. When I ask about it, he goes, well, your commission is only given per quarter. But he never elaborated on it. So at this point, I'm getting really irritated. He tells me, though, that I can bring my puppy to work and always loves on her. I bring in a female business owner and talk to her about sponsoring the baseball team. He is adamant on being present. He's completely undermining my words in front of her, and she takes notice. She asks to have another meeting with me over lunch, and he butts in and goes, We'll be there. Put it on my calendar. After she leaves, he makes degrading comments about women business owners and how they are too gung-ho on creating an image. So at this point, I'm getting pissed and it's hard to hide my feelings. I start hiding in my office more and I bring in a gate for my puppy. At this point, I'm having a hard time with my mother and there's so much going on. I decided to take a mental health day. I texted him and said I was sick. He is again adamant on denying me a day off and that I need to suck it up because his dad, the team owner, was coming in and it looked bad. I stood up for myself and told him I wasn't coming in. I spent the day instead finding a new job and relaxing. When I went back in, he was silent. Never said hi to me or my puppy like he usually does. He was off. 
So I just worked and didn't say anything. I got really far with my reading program and created events for three schools. I was thrilled. He texted me that night and says, I'm not allowed to bring my puppy anymore. And when I ask why, he doesn't give me a reason. I was fed up at this point and decided to move back to North Dakota and get out of my work environment as well as my home environment with my mother. When I gave my notice, he promised pay because, of course, I didn't tell him it was the hostile environment I was leaving. I didn't want his negativity. I was scared of him. He promised me pay because I had to leave in a hurry. My final paycheck never comes, and he blamed it on the fact that I wasn't there for a year, and he had ordered cards for me, so I needed to reimburse him. I was disgusted, and to this day, I'm horrified. A year ago, I found out he never found housing for the kids coming to work and play like he was supposed to, stole money, and was fired. Then he was arrested for burglary and breaking and entering. Moral of my story, listen to your red flags. The nice guy ends up being a jack. Can someone tell me what the deal is with nice guys and stealing? I mean, they steal your time, they steal your peace, and apparently they steal a lot of money. Let's move on to the next story. Hello, F the Nice Guy. My story is nearly a decade old, but my goodness, it is the biggest one I've had in my 30 years. I apologize, there's a bit of backstory on how I met this quote-unquote nice guy, but not much, I promise. I was 20, just moved back home from living in a more metropolitan city than the one I grew up in, and I just went through a party phase, as I didn't have much of one up until now. From the age of 16 to 19, I juggled finishing high school, a two-year trade program, and three jobs. Dating apps and bar crawls ensued. Cue the quote-unquote nice guy first meeting that happened in a bar with three of my best friends around me to make sure that he wasn't some creep. That's how fooled we all were. Nobody caught any bad vibes. Our first solo date, he shows up to pick me up with flowers for my mother. He was good. Too good. So, of course, everyone likes him, myself included. It starts subtle, wanting to be the one to drive all the time, despite me owning my own vehicle, and his only mode of transportation was his work truck, that he regularly got into trouble for having extra miles on. But the perks of working for your parents' company means people let you get away with dumb crap, which only inflated his already overgrown entitlement. Skip a little way down the path, but not so far as to let the seasons change, I was already getting tired of his subtle, not so subtle, jealousy and backhanded compliments. I was beginning to realize he was only the quote-unquote nice guy when I was behaving in just exactly the way he wanted. I'd made up my mind that I was going to end things, but saw a way to do it amicably because, well, I wasn't as jaded towards the nature of my fellow man as I am now. Well, I've told him we needed to sit down and have our conversation, but he was gone for training all week, so we were going to wait till the following Monday. Over the weekend, I discovered I had a case of the flu. The nine-month kind. Following? Side note, my flu is awesome, and I wouldn't change my path up till now for anything in the world. So my naive mind went to, well, until I figure out exactly what I'm going to do myself, I need to give him the choice too. Hindsight is 2020, they say. Love bombing all over again, but this time I was keeping my eyes open. I wasn't just myself anymore. He whisked me off the next weekend to a romantic but overdone cliche natural wonder of the world under the premise of just getting a change of scenery from our city to talk just us. We got to another equally cliched attraction and drumroll, yep, proposal. My most deeply sincere apologies to those who find the cliche romantic. I mean, no insult, I promise. Now, I was uncomfortable. I justified my yes with blind optimism. 
The second that ring was on my finger, I was owned. Keep in mind, reader listener, this is three months of knowing this man. Am I proud of how quickly things happen? No, but it was my past and I wouldn't change it anyway. We got back on a Sunday afternoon. By Tuesday, he was trying to convince me to sign my car over into his name so the insurance on it could be cheaper because we were going to be moving in together anyway. Psst, he didn't have independent insurance already. He was only on the company insurance for the work vehicle and had in his 23 years of life already amassed eight at-fault accidents. So like an intelligent person, I told him no. That led to accusations of cheating on him with his best friend, whom he didn't give the same speech to, so me being not an idiot told him to go fly a kite. When he grabbed me by my arm and left purple finger marks because I didn't want to sit in his not air-conditioned work vehicle on a 32 degree Celsius day in cottage country traffic, that was my straw that broke the camel's back. I chose a day when I knew he wasn't going to be in the apartment so I could get my things out. He will tell you that I broke up with him when he was under the effects of anesthesia for a surgery, when in reality he had a spot on his leg frozen and a mole removed. So whatever, we weren't together anymore and I had all my personal belongings and mysteriously a couple of shirts folded amongst mine that weren't even my size or within my budget. But that's the only part I actually find humor in so I felt it was important to share. After trying to keep him up to date and involved and attempting mediation, his big thing he kept circling back to was that he was convinced I cheated. I told him that I'm not denying his right to a paternity test. However, he would be the one paying for it as I knew beyond a doubt that this one wasn't necessary. I had a party phase, but I wasn't that wild. Even the mediator said we weren't getting anywhere due to his lack of ability to compromise. Honestly, I just don't think he even knew what a compromise actually was if it wasn't someone compromising themselves to give him what he wanted. I want to point out by this time, I was six months along and the stress of everything was wreaking havoc. I barely felt human. I didn't feel safe talking to him without a middleman anymore. At that point, I told him that obviously someone needed to make decisions for us because we couldn't come to a reasonable agreement by ourselves. So if he wished to contact me, he could feel free to, but it would need to be through legal channels if he hoped to receive any response from me. And then I received a letter through a courier service. The kind I had to sign for so the sender would be notified I'd received it. In summary, the letter said, Unless you finish this in mediation with me, I am dusting my hands of the entire situation. My little flu bug came to me in the early weeks of 2014, and to this day, there has been no contact. Though, having experienced him and the family dynamic that would have been an influence, I truly can't regret not forcing him to step up. Thank you for letting people share their stories. Even if they don't get used, it was definitely nice to type it out with the intention of it being me taking back my power and screw him for being a douche canoe. <laughs> douche canoe, I love it. I'm thinking we have time for one more story. What do you guys think? Talking to you as if you're going to talk back, even though I know you're not. Because I'm crazy like that. Okay, my friends, I am ending this story with an absolute doozy. A nice guy nightmare. I'm going to do my best to tell this story, but the language is rough on behalf of the nice guy. So... <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do my best, okay? Let's just jump in. 
So I met, let's call him Jake, at the end of 2020. I thought he was funny in an edgy kind of way, and he seemed like the kind and gentle teddy bear type, which I really liked. He was always super sweet on me too, which I also really liked. I knew he had issues from the past he was dealing with, but who doesn't? We got pretty close and talked about depression, anxiety, past relationships, and things like that. Trauma bonding? We did stop seeing each other during the holidays, and due to COVID running rampant, things just didn't line up for us, and I called it off, saying that things sort of felt platonic. Fast forward to the spring of 2021, I'm really missing him. It happens, okay? I'm thinking about him a lot, and I reach out saying, like, hey, if you'll have me, I know what I said, but I do miss you, and I'd like to feel this out again if you're interested. So we did. We carried out an intimate relationship for some time, and got even closer. I was and still am in therapy and was very open about my current state and how I felt about committed relationships. Last one was so toxic. And he said on multiple occasions that he wasn't interested in being in a relationship. We had many open conversations about our feelings on our situationship and at one point I did state I was very confused because I cared about him and loved him as a person and having an intimate relationship made lines a bit blurry for me considering neither of us wanted to be in a relationship. As we continued, I started to keep a mental note of things I didn't like and would bring up to him to talk about. Things like him calling me the C-word to be funny, or talking about me climaxing on the internet. Once the climaxing joke happened though, I was kind of done with it. It seemed like every time something bothered me, I was dismissed, wasn't taken seriously, or was called a hypocrite for feeling any type of way about it. When he said what he said on Twitter, I expressed how it bothered me because it was so vulgar and my dad's on Twitter and I don't want him seeing that. He equated it to me tweeting about how many dudes I which for the record, I've never said online anywhere. Maybe a joke about a hookup here or there, but nothing that vulgar. It is different. He didn't care and didn't delete it until I was upset enough to be done with him entirely. Then it was, she's mad I didn't delete it quick enough. But what matters to me is if I express I'm bothered by something, you take care of it. Delete the tweet. Don't argue with me about it. The why shouldn't matter. I felt really disrespected. That was sort of the start of the end. I tried to break it off and said there were a few reasons for this, to which he asked that I list them. So I did. And I didn't even want to have that conversation, and I'd said several times I wanted time to cool down, not speak to him, and gather my thoughts and feelings. But he kept pressing and pressing, so we talked about it over text, because he insisted. He acted like this was over a stupid tweet when it was really about him not respecting my boundaries in multiple contexts. Following the end of our situationship, he released 40 minutes on his podcast tearing me a new asshole. He called me a bitch, called me out by name and my therapist, used the R word, and twisted every situation to fit his victim narrative. As I said, I was very communicative where I stood and how I felt about him. And he was as well, saying multiple times he didn't want to be in a relationship. He compares me to Jenny from Forrest Gump, calls her a whore, and he's Forrest Gump just being taken advantage of, calls me mentally unstable, said he was a piece on my chessboard, said I'm only on dating apps to get railed out, and compared me to the Taliban. He then proceeds to say my brand on social media is about dudes I've effed, which is absurd and evidently an excuse to out our sex life on the internet. He goes on to brag that he drove drunk to help me when I got stuck on the side of the road, which I didn't know. What a hero, I guess. 
He justified why it's okay that he calls me a C-word as a joke, even though I'd been open about not liking it, saying it was done several months ago when it was literally like two weeks ago before he recorded this. He calls me a dumb B again, plays the victim some more, and says I'm not trying in therapy. It's terrifying that he can perceive the situation in such a wildly different and self-righteous way. There's no way I could have been any clearer about my intentions, and he still wants to play the victim. And then he relays this perspective to a therapist and people that validate him in his way of thinking. But hey, he's such a nice guy. F*** the nice guy. Woo! Do you see what I'm talking about? A quote-unquote nice guy with a podcast is terrifying. But hey, that's why we're here. To combat that by sharing our stories. But shoot, I don't even say people's names to call that person out and their therapist. That's a whole nother level of awful, awful nice guy. Thank you to all my friends who submitted these stories and gave me the absolute honor of sharing them. Again, if you have a story, please, please, please submit it to the F the Nice Guy podcast through our email, which is the F the Nice Guy podcast at gmail.com. Please send your stories because I would love to share them. Again, we're going trauma light with the stories we tell. And if you can do a little tagline at the end, that's always a good time. Again, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you to everyone who submitted their stories. Truly, I am humbled to be the platform on which you have shared your stories. I hope to share more. This is just the first of many. Thank you to everybody who's listening. And as always, my friends, F the nice guy.